Welcome back, our listeners, our friends to Untethered Minds, part two of the 9-11 deep dive. Numero dos. Numero dos. We are joined by a very special guest here today. Everybody, this is Chester. Chester, say hello. Oh, look, he's in focus. You're so cute. This is our old man, Chihuahua. Um, Forever puppy. He's a forever puppy, yeah. He's 11. He has, like, no teeth. He's very deaf. And his eyes are getting the cataracts. (laughs) The cataracts. But we love him dearly. And he was actually laying outside on our tile floor, outside the door while we recorded the first part of this. So I felt bad. Pulled him in here for the second part. (laughs) He'll lay here. He's like a cat. Um, But again, welcome back. (laughs) Part two. We are getting extra toasty in this room today, recording under our lights, but we are excited Mm -hmm. to get into some more super sneaky info about everything that took place on September 11, 2001. (laughs) It's super sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's a super sneak, a super sneak. (laughs) (laughs) George Bush dancing to it. If you are just tuning in and you haven't heard part one, definitely recommend going and listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, really covers everything regarding the actual Twin Towers that day, the hijackers, all that good stuff. Um, and then we're going to be, we are going to be posting a part three. I'm shooting for 9-11. Like, I really want to make that day. We're going to make it happen. Um, so three part series. This is part two. If we haven't said it six times now. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I even said it in Spanish. Oh, you did. <laughs> Duh. There's French, too. All right. Duh. 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 Quatre. Okay. I did want to say, and I feel like we should have said this in the first part, forgive mm. me, but I'm saying it now. Um, I don't want to get any like backlash because we are talking about this. Like We're not lessening the effect of the death toll and the people who suffered and died in this tragedy or in the aftermath of working in the zone you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't take away from the seriousness of that just because we're questioning what the real narrative is so i just wanted to make that clear this and i called it a devastating event a lot of times like Mm -hmm. it's a disaster it truly is no matter who caused it it's horrible and our hearts and prayers are with all those people we're just trying to unravel who was behind it it's getting these people justice to me like we want to you know call attention to the right parties who actually did this so yeah just a little bit of disclaimer right yeah we feel for everybody involved so today we are talking about events that still happen on 9-11 that weren't directly the twin towers and i think these things are glossed over so much mm-hmm. um maybe i mean a lot of people know about the pentagon but like the field crash isn't as known about and then world trade center is even less seven hmm? is even less known about right right, right 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 and then the world trade center seven well no, is, no, no, no that's what i'm saying seven is less oh, known about yeah, yeah. than anything else right right yeah. there's so many world trade center buildings it's kind of nuts um but we're going to talk about all that because even more just absolute wonkiness is that a word wonkiness crazy stuff so on september 11th 2001 at 9 37 a.m a plane crashes into the pentagon 
What's crazy is that the Pentagon says they have no footage of impact. So there's no, I mean, think about the Pentagon. You know, any government building is going to be loaded with security cameras. Well, I mean, and it's right off of a freeway, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then you have gas stations, hotels, all this stuff all around there. And yeah. all those places have right. security footage. Right. In fact, uh, members of the Pentagon went over to a lot of those places and confiscated all the CCV. Yeah. Um, or CCTV. CCTV. So, yeah. 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 And that's the thing. They said that there wasn't any footage until um, a video from across the street did come out. I think it was from a gas station, Mm -hmm. like across the freeway. Mm -hmm. Um, You can see it coming up over the overpass and you just see all this smoke. And then, well, that was one. The other one I'm thinking about, though, is the one where it looks like a missile. That's from the Pentagon um, check-in gate. Okay. Okay. So that came out, which is really odd, but that didn't come out until 2006. Yeah. To like way after the fact. Yeah. Um, all of the planes. But it was a missile. It was yeah. 100% a missile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100. Yeah. And once we get into like the impact hole, yeah. the size and the building, all this stuff. Oh my gosh. It's pretty freaking Well, and the obvious. guy in the taxi. Yeah. Yeah. Said there yeah. was no plane. Right. Yeah. So there was, there's a freeway overpass like we're talking about right next to the pentagon it's not very far at all and like the only what do they even call him basically what happened is like as he was driving on the freeway the light pole was light it pole. yeah hit his windshield right and so he obviously had to stop the car but the light pole falling was apparently because <laughs> of the plane coming in to the pentagon at that time but the taxi driver says he never saw a plane and he said he wouldn't have ever known that a plane struck the building had he just seen it. Like, well, right. It didn't well, seem like it. He, he was saying that it. he didn't even know there was a plane involved until people told him there was. Right, right. And like, how do you just be driving on the freeway and then all of a sudden a light pole hits your windshield and supposedly it was a plane that knocked it over? Yeah. Wouldn't you have seen the plane? Yeah. Wouldn't like, he he's it, a taxi driver, it? so like, wouldn't he be a little observant of like yeah. his surroundings and stuff like that? Even if a plane goes overhead while you're driving on a street and you're close right. enough, you feel it. Right. You do. So I just uh, okay. You no. hear it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You hear it. Lord. Um, but I'll... supposedly a pilot that all of his trainers said he sucked. Uh, did an impossible turn. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that more too. There's, <laughs> he, he's so good. It's like he knows what's in my brain. It freaks me out sometimes. Um, <laughs> so the other crazy thing is that all of the planes on 9-11, including this one at the Pentagon, in terms of their passenger load, were only at 30% capacity, which mm-hmm. is very much below normal. All three of them. Yeah, four. Mm-hmm. All, all four. four. Yep. I thought um, it was just the three that had an impact on buildings. No, I think it was... Was it all four? Yeah, it said all planes on 9-11. No way. So the pilot, thank you, Charles Frank Burlingame III, uh, he worked on anti-terrorist strategies at the Pentagon before retiring. Um, and what's crazy is that the plane he was supposedly piloting that day, it crashed into the part of the building that he had previously worked in. Mm-hmm. All right, not weird at all. People on board, this is also wild, worked for Boeing, Raytheon. They were members of the armed services as well as government officials. What? (laughs) The pilot 
hijacker who took over, quote unquote, was known to be a terrible pilot. Mm -hmm. But amidst this hijacking, he executed a skilled, precise maneuver to turn the plane around. Um, There was no evidence to say that there was a struggle to take the plane over either. So this guy was just like this James Bond (laughs) taking it over and just wild. Um, So to me, in that vein, I think that it is the actual pilot that day doing it. It's the area that he worked in. Right. He worked at the Pentagon and he handled this highly skilled maneuver that the other guy wouldn't have been able to. Well, so without a struggle, but all, all the, like these, um, super experienced pilots that have come forward and talked about it. Mm-hmm. They've all said that even them themselves would have had difficulty pulling it off. There's probably about a 10 to 20% chance they'd be able to do it, but they would have difficulty doing it. Mm-hmm. And yet supposedly this guy who was record. Yeah. And, like uh, one of the small planes called Zestas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was horrible in his Zesta. So he took a commercial liner and did this impossible turn. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, but I mean, so I don't think, once again, that there was a plane that hit the Pentagon. Mm, I still don't believe that, which is another reason why. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, Which is another reason why, like, they just scattered plane parts onto the the yard of the Pentagon. And then they cleaned it up within hours. I know. Like it was clean within hours. Well, and my question too is like, how do they just make all these people disappear? Like if there wasn't a plane crash and it was a missile, where did those people on the flight go? I mean, a lot of them are part of the government. So like it wouldn't be hard to get them gone. Well, I mean, you can change people's identities. You can give them (laughs) money. You can send them to another country. They're never seen again. Like, I don't know. The whole thing is just. Well, I mean, if it's normal people, I would say, I mean, God forbid, they're they're probably just killed off. Yeah, that's very true. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. So it's like that Malaysian flight that went missing for a few days and then all of a sudden it showed up crashed or something Mm -hmm. like that. But the crash looked fresh. Mm -hmm. The bodies didn't. The Mm -hmm. bodies looked like they were dead for a few days beforehand. Yeah, crazy. How that's another rabbit that? hole. <laughs> okay, that's on the list. So, okay, list. so when I when I dove uh, down that rabbit hole, um, there is a Air Force base in the middle of the ocean over in that area, and mm-hmm. it is controlled by uh, Great Britain, I think, or, mm-hmm. or whatever, England, whatever the hell they call themselves. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, it, there is one. You can look it up on uh, Google Earth. And it pops up. Hmm. Yeah. There's like a jump off point in the middle of the ocean. It's like the Indian Ocean or something like that over there. Wow. Yeah, yeah we need to add that to the list. <laughs> That'd be a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, where is that? Oh, yeah. Another freaky thing was that the only part of the Pentagon that was actually hit was the only part of the Pentagon being renovated for terrorist activity, basically. Like Bombings. it was, yeah, it was days yeah. away from completion. Um, and it was like 90% complete. Yeah. And like them that. hitting this area significantly decreased the casualties because they did have more mm-hmm. security, more measures to, you know, handle sustain it. an attack. <coughs> so that's pretty fishy in itself. Um, yeah. The actual hole in the building, um, you guys have to see pictures if you haven't. Right. Like, there's no wings. Yeah, there's no wing there's marks no wings. at all. It's just a circular hole. 
It is what, 20 diameter? Yeah, 20 feet in diameter. So this is a plane. Like, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Um, there were no marks on the grass indicating that it never hit the ground. It just went straight into the Pentagon, which again is very hard to do. Um, went straight into the Pentagon and didn't leave wing marks. Well, if you look at the towers, right, where the plane went in, Mm -hmm. you can see the line. Yeah. Like as a diagonal line of a plane, the shape of a plane crashing into it. Yeah. Like you saw that. Yeah. The Pentagon was just a hole. Right. Right. That was it. Like 100% the planes went into the Twin Towers. The plane wasn't the reason for the fall. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? But in this situation, it was literally not a plane. It was not a plane. Any standard airplane crash always has wreckage, right? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't even the engine left behind. Right. How does that? It just doesn't make any sense. They couldn't find the engine, apparently. Where the freaking A does that go? Right. It doesn't make sense. Um, there was lack of damage from the wings and the vertical stabilizer. The wings, along with the engine, were never recovered. Quote, unquote, some small pieces of the aircraft visible, but not large sections. Mm-hmm. End quote. Like, excuse me? No piece of the plane was found that was possibly identified as part of that plane either. Like every part from a plane has a serial number and they know which planes have which parts exactly, right? So they can identify things in these cases, what plane it belonged to. No markings that any of the debris, the few debris left behind belonged to the plane. Um, And then none of the videos that there are video footage of from across the lawn or the security gate, Mm -hmm. whatever, None of those videos show a 757 airplane, which is Mm -hmm. what they say is what caused this. Yeah. Um, How many videos did they confiscate on that day? Um, So there was the one with the missile, the one from the gas station. And I think there was one more, too. So they they released three or four videos, right? Um, But I think they confiscated over 2,000. Really? From all around the area. Right, right. Different angles, all that other stuff. They confiscated tons of security footage. And they released four videos. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, Well, I mean, people in our government have proven over and over again, (laughs) if you you have information and you speak out against it, you're not going to be alive for very much longer. That's it. Right. Um, the sections hit in the Pentagon actually belong to naval groups. And within those sections, there was a lot of really important budget information mm-hmm. stored in those damaged areas. That's where they kept all their financial records. Yep. Yep. And 24 hours before 9-11, so the day before, Donald Rumsfeld announced that they couldn't track $2.3 trillion worth of, you know, budget. There's nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go into that yeah. a little bit. With a T. More, yeah, $2.3 trillion. Yeah. We'll go into it more in a second here. Um, but on October 24th, 2000, there was actually another kind of war game situation where they did a mass casualty exercise that tested a Boeing 757 flying into the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weren't like a year earlier. Not even a year. Wow. Um, and then... Norman Mineta was somebody working in the Pentagon. He came out with a testimony, this was really wild, that he was in the bunker with Dick Cheney at the Pentagon. And according to his timeline, 
it seems that Dick Cheney knew this was happening and was going to let it happen. Like they said, there's a plane coming. Are we supposed to follow standard procedure? And he was like, just keep working. But he was in the bunker before other people, too. Um, His testimony was later blocked online, and they blamed a technical error for it as it wasn't being uploaded to certain news media outlets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, we didn't get it out because there was a technical error. No, they were blocking it. Yeah, all of them. All the media outlets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all had technical errors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when they uploaded it, like, oh, no, you couldn't really upload online at that point because you know that I think about it. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, very, very suspicious. Um, but the missing money at the Pentagon is a big thing. They talk about it a little bit in this documentary, but we have additional information too that makes that missing money even weirder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like we said, it was announced that <clears throat> $2.3 trillion, do you know how many zeros that is? My gosh. Um, they said it was missing unaccounted for... And that's nearly half of their entire budget and just no idea where Mm -hmm. it went. The Pentagon was struck on what they call Wedge One, which, like we said, was a newly renovated office of the U.S. Army. And the office was staffed with 45 accountants, bookkeepers and budget analysts, 34 of whom were killed in the attack. So a 2002 follow up report from the DOD inspector general on the missing money said that another 1.1 trillion in made-up accounting entries were processed by the Pentagon in 2000. They didn't even attempt to quantify the missing funds for 2001 because of this issue. And so if they were missing 1.1 trillion the year before, like now it's just, it's building. Why is all this money going missing? Um, Secretary of the Army Thomas White later said that they were unable to produce any financial reports for 2001 due to the loss of the financial personnel on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Before becoming Secretary of the Army, so Thomas White just comes out and they're like, we didn't produce this, we're low in people. He seems a little schemey to me. Um, turns out he was a senior executive at Enron, mm-hmm. which is one of the largest energy companies in the world. Um, it was supposedly so profitable, they made $111 billion in 2000. Um, And that was all before, of course, they were exposed as an elaborate corporate accounting fraud in 2001. Mm -hmm. So he goes from running this this company with all this accounting fraud, where's Mm -hmm. their money going? And now he's the secretary of the army and has lost trillions of dollars working Mm -hmm. in the Pentagon. And then that area that's investigating it gets bombed, which leads us into... Building 7. Yes. So the FCC, who investigated the Enron scandal, occupied the 11th through 13 floors of World Trade Center um, Building 7. And their offices were all destroyed mm-hmm. during, guess what? Another weird collapsing tower incident. <laughs> this destroyed three to 4,000 documents on active investigations. Mm-hmm. Poof. Gone. And by 2013, the missing money from the Pentagon, so this was t- 10 years ago, had amassed to $8.5 trillion. So they are losing money like crazy. Like, what is, what is going on? So World Trade Center 7, um, there's a ton. I'm, I don't even know if I really understood this that much um, before. 
that there are so many buildings like there's world trade center three five seven i think those are all that i had read about but there's a ton of them and they're all in this like same area so the one we're going to focus on most is world trade center building seven it is 300 feet from the north tower this building housed offices for Department of Defense, Securities and Exchange Commission, and the IRS. It was the largest CIA station outside of D.C. and the Secret Service's biggest field office as well. So there's a lot of tomfoolery going on in this building, clearly. The CIA mm-hmm. and Secret Service, mm-hmm. like, oh, gosh. So... Numerous cases were closed due to the building's ruin after the fact because, again, all the records are just gone. Lots of investigations. Oh, no. And we don't know where the money is either. In 1999, even uh, Mayor Giuliani kind of built his, like, command center out of this building. Um, It was on the 23rd floor, and they made that entire floor, like, bulletproof, bomb-resistant. It was, like, completely impenetrable, um, could survive, like, the worst attacks imaginable, had its own air supply, backup generators. It was staffed around the clock. Like, this building was really built, (laughs) like, the rest of the World Trade Centers. Um, Shouldn't have fallen by any extent. So um, hours before the World Trade Center was struck initially by those planes, the alarm system in Building 7 was placed on a test for a period of eight hours beginning at 6.47 a.m. So this alarm system wasn't working the way it normally should. Um, It said that any alarms that are received from the system are ignored at that time. So there was no way to alert anybody. Um, When the second building is hit... World Trade Center 7's power is shut off and people are evacuated. And from there, the major fires start in the building. So on the east-facing side of the building, between floors 11 and 12, there were major fires. On the north face, between floors 7 and 12. West-facing, between 29 and 30. And there was smoke covering the entire south face of the building. So this thing is just lit up at this rate. By 3 p.m., the fire chief has set up a collapse zone around the building. So again, they're anticipating a collapse just from fire, which is really weird. Mm -hmm. By 4 p.m., news outlets were reporting that the World Trade Center 7 building had collapsed. But what was really weird about that... It hasn't collapsed yet. No. (laughs) There's literally news footage of a reporter who is like standing reporting in the um downtown manhattan is all behind her in the background and you can see over her like right shoulder that building seven is still standing and Mm -hmm. yet she is reporting that the building has fallen that the building has collapsed due to fires you can see the twin towers in the background like they're fully up in smoke but at that time they hadn't fallen yet so like who was giving them information it's very very weird indoctrination yep they're all in on it <laughs> all in on it the building officially collapses at 5 20 p.m in about six and a half seconds it fell asymmetrically into its own footprint with little damage to surrounding buildings just clouds of debris and dust again why In 2002, FEMA's World Trade Center interim report said the specifics of the fire in World Trade Center 7 and how they caused the building to collapse remains unknown at this time. So again, they don't they don't know either. 
There was no steel recovered from Building 7 for investigation, and fire and structural damage were reported for the cause of the collapse. Where does all the steel go? Right. I don't understand it. I don't get it. So in comparison to the other buildings nearby, like we said, there's a bunch of World Trade Center buildings. This is what happened to the other buildings comparatively because it makes no sense. So building three, which is located directly under the South Tower, was split in half by the collapse of the South Tower, which makes sense. It was severely crushed by um, a lot. It It was severely crushed, but still standing. Building 4, located east of the South Tower, was almost completely destroyed, but the remaining structure did not collapse. Building 5, located east of the North Tower, suffered severe fires and structural damage, but didn't collapse. Are you sensing a trend here now? Building 6, located between the North Tower and Building 7, suffered a giant gouge in the roof and severe fires, but what didn't it do, Tavis? Collapse. Correct. Great job. None of the other buildings nearby collapsed either. I mean, you have the Deutsche Bank, like all these buildings. You're on Wall Street. All these buildings. Nothing else collapsed. There was damage, but they didn't collapse. Eyewitness accounts from the people in the building were saying that big explosions occurred while they were within. And in order for Building 7 to collapse, it would mean that all 81 columns making up the building had to fail simultaneously. Mm -hmm. How do fires do that? With the fuse and dynamite. <laughs> right. Right. So it's bonkers. Like, this is mm. not this is not real. And the 9-11 committee ignored that it could have been a part of the planned quote-unquote attacks. So they just didn't look at it to be anything. They're like, oh, no, it's just from the falling debris and everything else going on around it, which is a bunch of BS. Things just, they weren't adding up about Building 7 either. How? That's my biggest question with all this. How? All right. these reports of explosions, and then it ties into the Pentagon missing all this money, and all the investigations. About it. wow. Come on. Right. So we've covered now three of the planes. Three mm-hmm. quote-unquote planes. <laughs> There's so many quote-unquote. There's at least two involved. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. The two that hit the tower, how do we know that there's even people on there? Because there was eyewitnesses saying that the planes had no markings on them whatsoever. And then when those witnesses were saying that, all of a sudden there was like a mad scramble of witnesses that said, oh, yeah, it was American Airlines plane. I saw it clearly as day. Yeah. Yeah. So just like two years later or something like that is when the military started using drones for missions and everything. Who's to say they weren't already using them for those planes? Yeah. You know, I mean, they could have just been unmanned. Right. 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 We don't know. Right. And even if they are marked as American Airlines flights, how easy for it? How easy is it for people within the government to recreate those planes? Right. Like, like come on. If Hollywood can do right. it, our government can do it. Right. It's a bunch of BS, if you ask me. Um, but the bologna f- sausage. Bologna sausage. <laughs> That's a hunk of bologna sausage, if I've ever heard it. There you go. <laughs> The fourth plane, however, maybe this is the weirdest one. Yeah. This is real odd. Um, the fourth incident occurred in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I don't think this was a plane either. Absolutely not. Uh, if you look at it, it looked like someone just fired a missile into the ground and sprinkled stuff everywhere. Right. At 10.03 a.m., allegedly, 
Allegedly. United Airlines Flight 93 plowed into an abandoned strip mine at 580 <clears throat> miles per hour. And it was only 20 minutes flying time from Washington, D.C. So the official story was that passengers on the plane overcame a hijacker and sacrificed themselves to prevent further incident at, in Washington, D.C. Right, and it crashed. Yes, yep. So what's what's funny, too, is supposedly they had multiple phone calls, like, recorded, mm-hmm. you know, of them saying, you know, I love you, da, da, and then yeah. it's the whole let's roll thing, right? Yeah. There's a group of them, all that stuff. Right. So this was a time when... If you were on a plane, they told you to turn your phone off. Right. I remember that. Not airplane mode because there was no smartphones or anything yet other than like maybe Blackberries at that point. I don't remember. Mm, I think Blackberries were later. Yeah. But like because at that point, man, I had had the Nokia phone. Snake on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. The Nokia brick phones. Yep. Yep. So, but that was when airlines said you have to turn it off because it messes with electronics in the plane. Mm -hmm. So how were all these people making phone calls? Yeah. And then and turning on those phones took like three minutes. Well, and then and then if it does truly mess up with electronics, then how did the plane not crash before that? And then how did those phone yeah. calls go through? You know what I mean? Questions. Yeah. So <laughs> it was all staged. It was another thing to to make it seem like Americans got a small victory out of it. Yep. Right. Yep. A regular American citizen stood up to these crazy Islamic terrorists and they took it down. Right. And so that's what they came out with first. Mm -hmm. And then the 9-11 Commission, which we'll talk more about in episode three, part three. um, The 9-11 Commission later concluded that the hijacker Zayad Jarrah anticipated an overthrow from the passengers and crashed the plane to the ground. So then why did they tell us that it was the passengers overtaking and they did it? You know what I mean? Like. Why would they change the story later? Right. That's just weird. Um, debris from the plane was spread over a three to four mile radius, which is a very odd displacement mm-hmm. for debris. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. People are like, maybe 500 yards away would make sense, but like three to four miles? How on earth? Um, there was very little debris visible, just a large crater in the ground. Nothing larger than a phone book was found, really, in terms of evidence and the debris. Part, yeah. Yeah. Um, they said there was another debris site six to eight miles away from where the plane went down and where the crater was. So just, <laughs> well, how? Uh, it says that 100 to, 200, 100 to 200 yards is normal. Okay. There was no smoke, no fire. There were no bodies. Mm-hmm. Does everybody just disappear? Like, it doesn't make sense. The hole was about 15 to 20 feet long and 10 feet wide. Um, and there was nothing to even indicate that anyone was on the plane. Right. Which is so weird. But yet, they find passports from the towers. Exactly. But where do the <laughs> bodies go? Where are the bodies? Were they all just like instantaneously incinerated? I guess that's the story they're sticking with. But there's no smoke. There's no fire. Right. Well, and that's why I say... I. I'm not doubting that those people lost their lives that day because those very well could have been real people on those flights. Absolutely. I just don't think they, they were actually involved in that. Like the the Pentagon in the field Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think both of them are missiles. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think they just, you know, I mean, I hate to say, but I think they probably just, yeah. Yeah. Cut all loose ends. Yeah. It's really bad. 
when you really think about it in that way. Um, the Pennsylvania State website um, had a statement from the Department of Environmental Protection. It said, it is difficult to believe that a large Boeing 757 aircraft plunged into the ground with such force that the plane literally disintegrated and created a still smoldering crater. Mm-hmm. Quotes around all of that. <laughs> um, so even Pennsylvania State, the Department of Environmental Protection, was questioning it. So in 2006, during the trial of Zacharias Musayui, totally butchered that, the, <laughs> not meant to speak Arabic, the FBI provided all kinds of physical evidence that survived a nearly catastrophic crash in almost perfect condition. Again, no bodies, and yet they have the following. A red bandana. How on God's greener did a red, red bandana survive, but not a body? Mm-hmm. There's no proof of a body. It makes zero sense. Just a bandana. A Kingdom of Saudi Arabia driver's license. Um, the driver's license of Florida resident John Talik Nanny. I would love to look him up more. Um, a flight attendant, C.C. Lyles, had a driver's license found as well as other personal items. Again, paper and fabric surviving, but the plane didn't. doesn't make any sense. Right. There were pictures of an engine and two pieces of the plane that were shared publicly, but we're not sure where they even found these things, but they were like, here's pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite make sense. The FBI supervised every aspect of the investigation. They actually denied family's request to hear the cockpit recordings. Like they wanted to hear what happened in the cockpit and they refused to give it right. to them. Because there is none. Right. Well, then listen to this. So April 18th, 2002, they finally gave in to requests about the recordings as long as their relatives promised not to talk about it. Yeah, NDA. Yep. The last three minutes of the tape were accounted for with no, uh, we're sorry, were unaccounted for with no explanation as to why. So they're just missing the last three minutes and mm-hmm. can't tell you why. Um, even after Zachariah's sentencing, the cockpit voice recording was still not released to the public and hasn't been since. Mm-hmm. So the only people who know anything were those families who listened to it but are not allowed to talk about it. So, I mean, what if you go in a room and they're like, okay, you ready to hear these recordings? And it's just nothing. There's just, I mean, what do they do? They, they just, <laughs> hey, right. there's nothing here, actually. It's a right. big old waste of time. They can't talk about it. Right. I don't know. I really wonder about that. Should we make friends with somebody who is? <laughs> Maybe. It's wild. The 9-11 commission concluded that military pilots were not alerted about the crash until 10.07 a.m. after it had already crashed, which isn't right. Um, people were saying, eyewitnesses living nearby, that it sounded like a missile went by the house Somebody, quote unquote, said, not an aircraft. It's hard for me to believe that they didn't know about the crash until four minutes after the fact. Like, it was so loud. It was so disruptive that how did they not know sooner? A whole year after 9-11, there was another new official story stating that Flight 93 was actually being tracked all along. The FAA says that they got a heads up and started discussing intersecting the flights. The military jets were now saying that they knew when the plane crashed at 10.03. So within a year, they changed their story from being like, we didn't know until after the fact, to saying, well, we tracked it. We knew. It makes no sense. But then why didn't they do anything? Exactly. Because it was planned. It was planned. Right. 
so it's just crazy to me that there were four separate incidences of just craziness between the Pentagon, the Twin Towers, and this crash in the field. Right. And we were all just supposed to believe that it was fires. Right. <laughs> Do you ever think that this whole thing was like a test just to see how brainwashed we were? Uh, we're part of it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of the things that they've done in, in recent years, especially since 9-11, have all been just to see what they can get away with, right? Yeah. Like COVID. I mean, come on. The only people that bought that story are the people that are still getting boosters and wearing masks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because if you woke up during <clears throat> 9-11, then you didn't fall for COVID. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's when you start figuring out, like, psyops and what all these things are and yep. what they really are. It's just um, kind of nuts. But I think that these incidences with Building 7 and the Pentagon and um, Shanksville are just so overlooked. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, people don't connect the dots or even, like, know if they exist. And I think that was intentional, too. Right. You know, they took out what they needed to, but were kind of hush-hush about the things that they didn't want to have to explain for them. <laughs> right. It's yeah. really odd. And yep. it's not until you start looking into it that you're like, oh, my Atlanta. <laughs> like, cheese and rice. Yeah, they, what is going um, on? they, pretty much everything they put out is a lie about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I always tell people all the time, whatever you see on the mainstream news, believe the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's hard to, um, to really know what's real anymore. Yeah. Well, that's why you have to use critical thinking. Yeah. And which is another reason, like we saw that thing, that philosopher saying that he, after his studies or what was he? He said if, what, um, what was his title? What was he? Was he a philosopher or was he something else? You mean that quote we saw? Yeah, or was he a psychologist? I don't remember. I don't remember. Something that started with a P. I know. I remember the P. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, he basically was saying that 80% of the world doesn't have the capability of critical thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, They don't have the moral strength to be able to defy uh, an order from an authority, Mm -hmm. no matter how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. That only 20 of us, that only 20% of us are. Right. Actually use our brains and question things and. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's scary. But then when you truly think about it, and I had this thought earlier, it was like, if you think of all the people in your life and who you enjoy being around the most, like if you are someone who is very free thinking and, you know, you have that ability to think, um, what's what we were just using? To think... Uh, critical thinking. Critical thinking. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's pretty late. Um, <laughs> there's only few people that I really love being around nowadays, and it's because they are critical thinkers like I am. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to spend time with people who aren't. Right. Just because you see the world so differently, but the fact that it is 80% that aren't able to think that way is right. terrifying. Right. Absolutely. Because, again... We saw like how badly things went with COVID, like how many people were willing to just lay down and submit. That was COVID. They're continuing to brainwash us every day. And so it's just going to get worse. And how many people will it be next time? You know, right? I feel like this 80% of non-critical thinkers has grown over time. Yeah. We've lost the ability to critically think. Yeah. Well, that's why I feel like there's, there's a select few. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's those like us out there that think the same way we do and see things the same way we do. And then there's even a smaller amount that are like us. And as far as the communication aspect, yeah, being able to try to deliver that message in a way that it resonates with everyone, regardless of what that person's viewpoints are, beliefs are, religion, political affiliation, right. whatever. Right. So I think, um, I think it's kind of up to us and other people like us to, to continue to spread the message. And I think that's why, like we said in the last part that we're trying the different approach, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of verbally smacking someone in the face and saying, Hey, you're not smart or thinking for yourself. Isn't, isn't the correct way to go about it. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be up to us to kind of unveil the veil uh, a little bit or unravel the, whatever it's called. (laughs) It's one 30 AM. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, pull Brains back the veil great. pull back the veil yeah. yes yes uh pull back the veil on you know a lot of different things that are going on yeah. and that's what all these deep dives are going to be yep. right so yeah uh, we're kind of rebranding untethered minds to yeah. strictly uh kind of deep dive conspiracy kind of stuff uh you know whatever the government has told us if it is it true or is it not true let's let's dive deep into it yeah because we can get on here all day and spout our opinions about how the world's being run. And at the end of it, we are not in charge. We mm-hmm. can only do so much. Right. <laughs> and when you're just spouting off your opinion, it's it's hard to resonate with a lot of people. Right. And so that message doesn't go anywhere. And then you're sitting here with all this like knowledge and like, gosh, I just want to help people see the light. But you're being shadow banned for it, <laughs> for your opinion. Right. So it's like this what was your somebody was telling you you know sometimes you need the side door you need to accomplish yeah, your mission some, and go through the side door right um and that's what we're kind of yeah my entrepreneurial about. coach yeah right, right. <laughs> um yeah he was telling me sometimes trying to kick down the front door isn't uh the right way to go about things you know and that's us like calling out the system Right. Through the system. Right. Right. And right. so we have to use the system to get our information out anyway. But if we're directly calling out the system for all their corruption and everything else, well, they obviously don't like that. So they're going to shadow ban us and everything. And the last like 10, 15 videos I've posted are perfect examples of that. Absolutely. Right. Because they took down those two yeah. right away and then they gave us our warning and they took it away, but mm-hmm. they left the shadow ban. Yeah. So, I mean... If we if we can go about it in a different way, in a smarter way that we're we're trying to do right now, uh, I don't think there's much they can do to shadow ban us because these are all things it's that are documented facts. and that yeah. can be reviewed right um, to to anyone in with a soup, simple Google search. Yeah, exactly. So we are now educators. <laughs> yeah, we'll always have opinions, um, yeah. but yeah, it's just being the smarter approach. And uh, moral of the story is. Don't post your political opinions on TikTok. Yeah. Nobody will see Unless that. you're a liberal, then you're free oh, to do whatever yeah. you want. Then you get everything. Or a communist or yeah. Antifa or whatever. Yeah. They're free to do whatever you yep. want. Spotify's uh, but if great. you have conservative views, you're done. Exactly. Exactly. And it's hard to even call ourselves conservatives anymore. I just, I don't uh, believe in any of them. But I have morals and values, so I fall more on the conservative side. I mean, it def- depends on what you define as conservative. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so... Uh, I think I'm just, we're just normal people that want the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just recognize that most of the hate and evil comes from the left, even though yeah. that there is tons of people on the right that are just as bad. Right. 
Um, I definitely think the left is by far the more evil side. And I think it's very apparent on a daily basis. Oh, definitely. Right. Definitely. So, but most people vote left, not because of policy, not because of what the candidate's running on Mm -hmm. or anything like that. They vote left out of pure hatred for people on the right. An emotion, mm-hmm. which is what hatred is. It's because an emotion. Because they've been brainwashed yeah. to do so. And I just think that <laughs> life is hard. Life is very yeah. complicated, especially right now. And thinking this way, having these thoughts and these opinions and conspiracies and theories in your head, whatever you want to call them, it helps explain everything going on <laughs> a lot better. It almost gives me peace of mind knowing like, oh, right. no, this is just them being corrupt over here. That's not really happening. Like. There's not actually aliens. Right. They're just doing that for X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. <laughs> like, like I don't Lockheed know. Martin making UFOs since the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And either it's going to be something to do with the rapture when a bunch of people get taken up right. and we're left with, you know, all the sinners on earth. Or if, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is going to be, it's not aliens. Right. Truly. Yeah. Project Bluebeam. So I'm not afraid of aliens because they it's our government. Exist. Or they're AI. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's aliens. Um, Because if you believe in aliens, then you believe in space being infinite and everything else. Right. Um, Which means you don't believe in God. You can't believe in God and aliens at the same time. Yeah. Um, If there truly are, quote unquote, aliens or whatever Mm -hmm. the people see in the sky and stuff, um, they're fallen angels. That's what I view them as. Uh, I feel... And that's the thing, too. So that kind of goes back to the um, a lot of people that are talk about the uh, Anunnaki and the Syrians and mm-hmm. uh, the or Sumerians and the Sumerian tablets, how they predate the Bible. Yeah. Just because those tablets were written before doesn't mean that that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is. The Bible and the Sumerian tablets have a lot of similarities, a lot of similar stories. And that's because they were actual events that were being taken down. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is at the beginning of time of man, which is like the Sumerians, that's when the angels were cast from heaven, right? And thrown down mm-hmm. to the to the depths of earth. And he chained some of them up and all that stuff, right? Um, but if you were a prehistoric person back in the time, wouldn't you think these people were gods and right. worship them and yeah. do all this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then they taught them all these things. They gave them all this knowledge yeah. and all this stuff. And so they, I don't think they were gods. I don't, they weren't the Anunnaki. They were fallen angels. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So many rabbit holes we have to go down. Wow. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> it always ends that way. Well, on that note, we just want to like, <laughs> blow your mind and then go, bye. <laughs> we appreciate y'all so much for coming back and listening to part two if you haven't listened to part one go ahead and take your little pretty butt to part one lots more information more on the towers like we said um so we will be releasing part three on 9-11 i am putting it into the universe it's gonna happen it'll be released on 11 um just yeah more kind of post 9-11 stuff to go through because well, it'll, be it'll be a little recap of everything For all sure. the information that we covered yeah. and then we're going to go into kind of the aftermath of 9-11 right. and the things that have happened in the years yeah. after because it doesn't end on september 11th no. it goes on for a while oh, no, so. that was just the start of it right so we'll be examining more of that next time 
in the meantime, go ahead and please follow us on socials. Like we said, we get shadow banned pretty much everywhere. It's an uphill battle every day and we need your support to break that algorithm, baby. So Mm -hmm. leave the links in our bio below. If you look up Untethered Minds anywhere, you'll find us. Our logo's everywhere. You'll know. You'll see it. A really cool logo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. All. Have a wonderful rest of your day, night, morning, wherever you are. Evening. Evening is the same as night, right? Yeah, it's whatever. 1.30. I can't speak straight anymore. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys in a bit for part three. And yeah. Au revoir. Au revoir. We French. Le <laughs> Francais. Baguettes. <laughs> Croissant. Escargot. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.